Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. Delighted today to be joined by Babs Nealon, who is a CEO at Jameson's Law. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Simon. How are you doing? Good, good. So I, I, this one's set up to be really interesting. Um, people might think it's slightly off topic for what we do, but actually I think it's bang in the middle of looking at making all the things kind of legal, people that are buying companies, selling companies, buying new products, selling new co- products, you know, avoiding some of those pitfalls that they might get into and why it's really, really important to get good advice and good process. But before we dive into all of that stuff, let's find out a bit more about you. So tell us a bit more about yourself, Babs. What what have you done? How did you get to being CEO at uh, Jameson Law? How did all that work? Um, so I probably didn't, well, I definitely didn't have the kind of normal, traditional um, legal profession journey that, that kind of everyone else talks about and expects. Um, I actually finished my law degree, did my postgrad, did start did start along the kind of traditional route and trained with one of the top firms initially in Scotland. Um, I qualified there. And then after about a year or so there, post-qualification, I thought this isn't really what I was expecting. You know, you kind of go into law and you think you're going to help help change the world. Now, I mean, probably I, I set myself up for that because I specialised in corporate and commercial law, but it really wasn't kind of what I was what I was anticipating. So I went in-house to work for an investment management company. So I was kind of more on the front line working with the business in terms of kind of managing its risk, etc. Not just being that kind of external third-party lawyer um, that, that a lot of people are kind of used to dealing with. I worked there for a few years and when that role kind of ran its course and that's really all it was, um, I, I attempted to go back into the big scary world of private practice. I didn't last very long. Um, I was completely disillusioned by it and I, I really was kind of of the view that we don't treat clients well, we're not transparent on pricing, we're not very friendly and I wasn't actually sure that we were giving the proper service that we promised that we would provide. Um, So I I came out of that fairly quickly and I actually didn't really know what to do with myself. So I was freelancing for a while, um, working with small businesses and startups just to get their kind of legals in order. And then almost three years ago now, set up on my own to to do basically just that, but under under my own firm. So I set up Jameson Law in November 2019 didn't really start properly trading until February 2020 and then of course March 2020 came mm-hmm. along and I thought oh what have I done um, the first few months were a bit rough but then actually Jameson Law started to kind of grow and scale quite quickly and um, I guess because a lot of our clients were kind of in the tech sphere app developers IT consultants that kind of um, that kind of client we've got a lot wider than that now but we still do have a really kind of strong kind of IT sector contingent. Um, and so we kind of grew as they grew through the pandemic. Um, and yeah, we've been going for, as I say, almost three years now. There's five of us. Um, we're actually currently in the process of hiring someone else. And it's um, it's going really well. Excellent. Good. Yeah, it sounded like you, you almost started just at the wrong time. But in some yeah. respects, it m- might have been just the right time to kind of ease into it. So been going since... Um, late 2019 early 2020 yeah you talked about kind of helping it organizations but you you work wider than that right so you kind of work with smes that want that kind of more personalized advice and a a kind of friendly face friendly voice 
Absolutely. I would say about kind of 70 to 80% of our clients touch the kind of IT software world in some way, shape or form. But yeah, as you say, Simon, like our, our client base is significantly wider than that. We work with kind of marketing agencies, creatives, personal trainers sometimes. Like we, we actually have a full variety of clients. Um, at the end of the day, it's not really about focusing on the sector for us. It's, it's, it's about small businesses, early stage businesses that really need very hands-on, practical, plain English legal advice um, and not at a ridiculous price or speaking to them in legal jargon or any of the kind of traditional woes that can kind of come out of the, the legal sector. Good, good, good to hear. So let, let's just talk about kind of the importance of good legal advice and process. And if I put it into context, we set up Rethink 11 years ago, um, mm. came out of corporate world, all that stuff had been dealt with by, you know, corporate lawyers in those big big retailers I'd worked in. So it never something ever crossed my desk. I, I kind of knew about non-disclosure agreements for certain projects that we had to sign. I knew that we'd have supply agreements in place, um, yeah. contracts, but never, never ever something that was ever part of my world or job. That was the legal team that sat on the third floor. And yeah. you know, if you had to go and see him, you were probably in trouble. Um, <laughs> it was the reality. So, it's opened my eyes in those 11 years, I suppose, from people who seem to be really, really conscious of it. Yeah. Pe- yeah. People who seem to be really unconscious of it. Um, and, and simple things like, you know, new clients, let, well, let's get an NDA in place. And some of them say, yeah, absolutely. Others, oh, well, can you send you, can you send you yours because we don't really have one? Yeah. And you think, okay, so this is going to be an interesting journey when we get to <laughs> contracts or actually are we ever going to get to a contract because we don't really work that way. So um be interesting to see your view on the importance of good legal advice and process. And I think in that context of it's always easier to do it when you're friends, isn't it? Yeah. Hun- oh, you, can't, you, can't, you can't really do it when you're not friends. A hundred percent. You're actually, that's one of the, the things that I say about three or four times a day to clients, particularly when we're talking about things like shareholders agreements or things like that, yeah. you know, let's put it in place when we're all friends because it's a hell of a lot harder when we're not. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's important just to kind of think about kind of what good legal advice is. Good legal advice isn't trawling through contracts, making absolutely every change, slowing things down, causing arguments for no reason, that, that's not good legal advice. Um, and I think sometimes that can be the perception that, that's kind of given to solicitors. Um, that, that's not good legal advice. Good legal advice is explaining and understanding the legal risk to the business, i.e. It's, legal risk is a spectrum. It's not we, we can't have this or we can have this. It's, it's what is the risk if we accept this and if we don't. Um, and it's making sure that your business person, whether you're in-house or, or working with clients, whether your business, making sure your business person understands what that risk is and whether they can manage it within the organisation or whether we need to change something to the contract. So it's about understanding what's in there, explaining that to whoever it is that you're dealing with and making sure they manage that risk. Um, I, I mean, as, as you said, you know, the legal team often can kind of sit separately in an organisation. They seem a bit kind of up in their ivory tower, which isn't the way that a, a legal team really should be in an organisation. They should be very integrated. Um, part of the service we provide at Jameson Law is is, is kind of just an in-house legal function. So it just we, sh- we should feel like your legal team. And actually, if you are in-house in a bigger organisation and have an in-house legal team, 
it should feel as if you can kind of just throw over a question, get a quick answer. You should be able to check something before you take any steps because it's a lot harder to undo something than if you just quickly check something at the start. So that that's really important. I, I also think it, it is extremely important to think about the importance of legal advice when we are entering into negotiations. So client agreements, supplier contracts, NDAs, as you mentioned, um, you know, some some companies really do push back on having contracts in place. I would really question the relationship with those companies and um, not because everybody should have lawyers and be, you know, have all their legal documents 50 pages long and really complicated, but it formalizes the relationship. It makes everybody know exactly where they stand. And actually, if the document is well written and you've got good lawyers on either side, it shouldn't be a difficult process. But that is where it, having a lawyer representing you and, and kind of fighting your corner is really, really important. We have clients that kind of would come to us a few years ago with the odd thing and they now stick us on all their calls with all their potential clients. Reason being, yes, they want to win the client. Yes, you know, they, they don't want to annoy them and they don't want to protract the process. But if you've got a lawyer that kind of understands the relationship with the client, and understands the importance of getting this over the line, but also understands the risk that you're running. Sometimes it's it's easier just to have them front it, and then hey, if there's something you don't like, you can just blame your legal team, which is kind of kind of what we're here for. And it, but sometimes if you don't know the risk profile, so again, in smaller businesses like ours, I'm sure you see, you know, there's lots of larger larger organisations want significant uh, insurance levels or indemnity levels or yeah. really protracted payment terms and, and all, all that kind of stuff, which to some degree is a negotiation, to some degree depends how much they hold the power in terms of the conversation, the, the, the type of contract. Mm-hmm. But you must see lots of organisations where there's almost – a, a desperation is probably the wrong word, but I'll use it. A, a desire to win the deal at all costs when actually yeah. the deal based on the risk factor might not actually be worth winning. Yeah. And and it's not the job of the legal team to say, no, this isn't happening. It's actually the job of the legal team to almost pander to that <laughs> and um, yep. allow it insofar as possible, but within certain boundaries. And um, when I used to work in-house, the sales team were very like that. They were very, we don't we don't want to send this contract to legal because we just want the client and we want our commission. Um, and, and that is the way lots of our clients are, which means that it's very important to kind of understand the relationship with your solicitor. So if you're saying to your sister, right, I care about headline issues. I care about things that I really can't live with, things that I, I like, you know, would absolutely cripple the organisation. And at the same time, the solicitor needs to understand that you don't care about if a semicolon's in the right place or whether there's some obscure risk that could happen in 100 years and no one cares about it. Um, it's, it's about making sure that you're kind of aligned with your solicitor and, and have the same risk profile in mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that it's transparent and then people are making informed decisions rather than buying the buying the car and finding it's got no engine or, you know, buying absolutely. the company and, and finding out that it's actually got no empl- employees or whatever it might be. So the, in terms of types of lawyers, are there, are there different types? How do you know which one you need? Yeah. Um, so for most small businesses, a firm that offers similar to what we do will you know, tick most of the boxes. So we kind of offer your your day-to-day legal requirement services. So that's things like contract drafting and reviewing, corporate work, 
data protection advice, employment advice, brand protection advice. These are all your kind of day-to-day business legal requirements. And and we or a firm similar should be able to offer, you know, that's quite a a variety of things. Um, You don't need as a small business to be working with a huge firm with loads of different departments, because in reality, you won't need most of those departments on a kind of daily, weekly, monthly basis. And if something obscure arises, so something like a dispute or a tax issue, that's where the solicitor that you have a relationship with should be able to go out and source that advice for you and, and kind of build that relationship and deal with that for you. Um, so that's your kind of that's your kind of specialism you're looking for. As a small business, you're looking for really a business and commercial lawyer. Um, in terms, though, of, of kind of what kind of lawyer you should have for your organisation, you want someone that fits in with the tone and the messaging of your organisation. If you're a really kind of fun, relaxed, casual company, and that's how you attract clients, that's how you treat your staff, but you have a solicitor that you know gives you 60-page full of jargon legal contracts, that's going to break down relationships, it's going to cause problems when you're trying to sign clients. It's not in keeping with what with what you're trying to promote. So it's important that you have someone that's kind of on the same wavelength as you and also works in the same manner as you do. If you're the kind of person that runs a company where everything is urgent and last minute and it's stress and adrenaline all the time, you need a solicitor that's happy with that. You don't need a solicitor that will sit on something for two or three weeks. And, and vice versa, if you're a very slow-paced company, if you take things at a more relaxed pace, you maybe don't need the high adrenaline solicitor. So it's it's about making sure there's someone there that works well with you and, and, and the way that you like to work and, and also covers the, the items that you need them to. It's a good cultural fit. So like you'd, yeah. like with any employee or trusted associate, you'd um, you'd do a bit of fact-finding and make sure that you, you're all on the same wavelength and pulling in the same direction. Absolutely, 100%. So we, we touched on it, but let's get into the detail of it. So uh, avoiding the greyness, I'll call it, of uh, it was all good when we started. Um, now we've fallen out. I want my 50 per share, 50% share of the company out. Come to a lawyer, help me sort it out. So you, you must get, and I'll say unfortunately, people that <laughs> come to you in a distressed state of this yeah. this argument's happened, somebody's not putting enough effort in, somebody, it was my idea that created this software and I'm not getting the recompense for it. That, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let you answer the question, but is that almost too late when we're having those conversations? It's, it's sometimes it's too late. Um, sometimes it's just really difficult. Um, and it really irritates me because sometimes, you know, we, we promote um, a lot of legal education so there's a lot of videos and other types of um kind of content that i put up daily so that everyone has this information and knows the importance of prevention rather than cure um and so when people say to me oh i've been following your videos for two years i set this company up a year ago i'm now (laughs) in a problem and i just think do you know the amount of money you would have spent to fix this in the first place compared to what you're going to need to spend now um, and you know we don't deal with disputes. We have partners that we refer people to, so we can't really, you know, give a, a, an exact amount that they're going to be hit by. But it could be tens of thousands, even more, to sort a problem that might have been prevented by spending a couple of hundred quid in the first place. And um, so it's really, really irritating for me because I just feel really bad for people. Um, and I wish there was more education out there. And it's what we're trying to promote is that, that prevention with with legal. With the legal world, prevention is always better than cure. Whether it's 
putting a contract in place with your clients and having that shareholders agreement in place or registering your trademark when you start trading. That's a big one. That causes a lot of problems. Someone's been trading for 12 years and all of a sudden a massive company hears about them and and stops them continuing what they're doing. They have to rebrand. It causes a massive issue. And then it becomes a a case of whose pockets are the biggest. And it's it's not a nice place to be and I, I i just think that they we really need to keep reinforcing to people that if you i know it's scary and full of jargon and it feels a very boring and dry subject and it is and it can be but it is something that really needs to be addressed early on and it will save you a lot of headaches in the long run and it, it's i don't know I, I liken it maybe wrongly to an insurance policy so it is. yeah you know you you have to insure your car. That's probably a bad one. Maybe you don't have to insure your boiler. So you don't insure your boiler. It breaks down. You get a bill for a thousand pounds, or you pay five pound a month. And when it does break down, it doesn't cost. It doesn't covered. cost you. It, it, it's yeah. not exciting. It's not the sexy <laughs> side of anything. And I get it when people start new businesses, have new product ideas or new software ideas. It's really exciting. There's loads of energy. The the, the possibilities are endless, and you don't want to be slow down you don't want to get dragged into that well actually I'll, I'll i'll sort this out later or we'll agree it over a pint in a pub and it's all good yeah when in my corporate world there was a saying that one of the, the senior guys used to use which says it's always easier to repair the roof when the sun's shining I.e., <laughs> when times are good get all your dirty stuff done because mm-hmm. once it starts raining you've got a massive problem and I, I liken it liken it to that it um it, it must unfortunately catch people out and we'll put a link to your website and LinkedIn page in the show notes so people can watch those videos. I know you, you say you post them very regularly, which is amazing. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, having not been through a dispute, which is good, but having been through a process and I think we probably got 90% of it in a good place. Um, yeah, it was the most exciting thing in the world, but due diligence, good practice sets you off yeah. on a good footing. And it helps you sleep at night. You don't need to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, because ultimately the only time it becomes a problem is when it's too far gone to get the stuff down in a a mindset or a rational way with whatever, whoever the dispute becomes with. Absolutely, yeah, completely agree. Excellent, excellent, good. So if people want to reach out and find out more about you, more about the business, understand more about the services, where you can help, where's the best place for them to do that? Um, so probably, as you mentioned, on my website, so that's jamesonlaw.legal. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn and that's Babs Nealon. Um, as I said, you know, we, we're posting really regularly, lots of video content, lots of helpful information. And on the website, there's lots of free guides and, um, you know, kind of good starting points if you're dealing with some particular issues. There's, there's lots of information on there. Amazing. Brilliant. Babs, really enjoyed catching up. Um, You've put my mind at rest about a few things that we did, I'd say, well, we did okay when we set up the (laughs) business. I'm probably probably sure there's a few bits that we need to circle back around. But um, yeah, amazing to talk. Thanks for being a guest and let's stay in touch. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you having me on. Had a great time.